God is one and God is three. Welcome to episode nine of Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. Today, we'll be covering questions 36 through 37 in To Be a Christian, an Anglican Catechism, the official catechism of the Anglican Church in North America. I'm Father Kurt Hine, Rector of Light of Christ Anglican Church in Georgetown, Texas, joined by my co-catechist, Father Isaac Rayberg, Rector of All Saints Anglican Church in San Antonio, Texas. But before we dive in today, let's begin with a prayer. This is the prayer for Trinity Sunday from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us to us your servant's grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory, O Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit live and reign, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. So today we get to talk about the Trinity, Isaac. No, nothing uh, nothing difficult about that. This will be our simplest episode ever. Well, I know one thing for sure. We'll be able to explain it to you in 20 minutes or less. Everything. And, and we'll have amazing analogies that in no way uh, would make St. Patrick upset. That's right. No, no heretical analogies, nothing like that at all. In fact, a, a funny story. Someone said that someone's told me that the that the uh, that they created Trinity Sunday so that um, you get to hear your pastor spout heresy every, at least once a year. <laughs> it's actually the, it's the worst Sunday of the entire calendar to uh, visit a new church, or maybe the best, depending on what on what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you you, you got to stick to um, the creeds and the catechisms and not not go go out on a limb. But everybody goes out on a limb. It's a it's a, it's a terrible thing. <laughs> it, it's hard. It's hard. We have to be careful with our language. We. I think before we we get into this, we just have to realize that when we're talking about God, we're talking about God, right? Someone that we know, but who is ultimately beyond our knowing. He is infinite, and so it makes sense and it's rational to understand that there are things about God that we won't fully comprehend. Because if we could fully comprehend God, then that wouldn't be the God who created us. Yeah, when it comes to these things, um, and I, I wish I could remember who said it, but um, some of a, a great quote, some of the effect of, we we cannot comprehend these truths fully, but we can uh, apprehend them uh, because of what has been revealed in Scripture. So we can we can we can say some true things, even if we don't fully understand it all. That's right. That's right. We can we can say true things, but we shouldn't pretend that we can exhaust this mystery. It's something that that. Um, is going to be beyond our comprehension for all eternity. So let's get into this since uh, we're running out of time. <laughs> all right. Uh, number 36 in the catechism. Kurt, who is God? Oh, that's a great question. God is one divine being eternally existing in three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Trinity. Okay. So one divine being three persons. So what, right. what do we mean by this being and person stuff? Yeah, so the, these are these are very technical terms theologically and and we need to make sure we're using them precisely. Um when when we speak of the three divine persons, that's not um 
personalities. We're not talking about a, a schizophrenic God. Right. Um, it's not personal persons in terms of individuals. Like I'm a separate person from Kurt. Mm. Um, it's we're using this in, in, in some very technical language that really in this context only applies to God himself. Right. I think that's really important to remember or, or when we hear persons and think about God, then maybe we're thinking about three dudes talking to each other. Uh, what, what other kind of strange ideas could we have like, uh, some sort of weird three headed animal from mythology there's all kinds of weird ideas that we can have but but for example um there god we believe in one god right? we believe one, one god. god and so the one god um and our and our firm belief in that we say we use the technical term being or uh, usia in greek that god is one um there is no division in him there is um he's not made of parts he's he's unchanging he's eternal this is this is God. He has one will, one will, not three wills. Um, and then when we're referring to persons, we're not talking about like three guys or or three individuals, but we're we are or we're not talking about three masks, not so, three beings, or or th yeah or three beings. So it's not it's not as if this, one of these bad analogies that I'm sure you've heard on Trinity Sunday somewhere. You know, God is like a father, like I'm a father to my son. But also, um, I'm a teacher, insert, and I'm also the um, a son of my father. No, this is not what we're talking about when we're talking about persons. This is not roles. There's not three roles, right? It's not three roles. No. Um, what we're saying is that there is father, there's son, that there's Holy Spirit. All three are God. Um, the father is not the son. The son is not the father, not the Holy Spirit, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a real um, distinction here. Um and and there's a and there's a mystery in that and at the same time we don't have three gods that's correct you know yeah we don't have we don't have there's there's never competition between the persons there's never conflict between the persons because we have one being one god yep and wherever wherever one person of the holy trinity is working all three um, that's right of the holy trinity are working so yeah, and then there's uh, this, and this there's some um, common um, heresies associated with this over the years, over the centuries, and they tend to pop back up again and again. Um, probably the most common one I hear in um, from other otherwise well-meaning Christians, uh, we would historically call modalism or Sabellianism, right. um, after the first guy that really made it popular, Sabellius, and um, we see this today in oneness Pentecostalism. Where where they do not make a distinction between the three persons, and so that's that, just kind of putting on a different mask or having different roles. So right. that's one one a heresy that has uh, popped up again and again. Um, another one might be uh, we 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 this is kind of the arch heresy in the early church, uh, Arianism, mm -hmm. um, that we have the Nicene Creed be, to answer uh, the, uh, the heresy of Arianism. And that's where it says, um, that the son and the Holy spirit aren't quite God in the same way that the father is right. God. Right. He's they're, the they're lesser creation, uh, the most magnificent of all the angels, um, something like that. His, his creed, his, his little creed was there was a time when he was not. Um, so he believed that there was a, that, that the son did not share in the eternality of he was a created being. Yeah. Created being. And so we run into that with Jehovah's Witnesses today. 
Right. Which in, in many ways, they're very similar to Christians. Uh, they read the Bible. Uh, they're, 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 a lot of times they know their Bibles way better than, than Christians, and um, which speaks to um, how much work we have to do. But yeah, <laughs> but they, they're Arians. They're functionally Arians. They believe that that Jesus is the first created being. They do not believe that he is equal of the same as we confess in the uh, Nicene Creed of one being with the Father. They, they do not believe that. They do not believe that Jesus is Yahweh. That's right. Um, another one might be seeing the three persons as three separate gods. Mm. Um, whether there's a hierarchy there or, or, or straight up polytheism, um, either way, you know, you know, seeing, seeing the, the persons of the Trinity as three different gods, or maybe the Holy spirit as a force rather than a person, mm -hmm. um, I, either, either way, these things get, you, you see this kind of in Mormonism, they, they don't see yeah. a, a true unity between Jesus and the father. Um, and I, and I do believe they, they, they look at the Holy Spirit more as a force. Um, I got yeah, a, and that, yeah. yeah. I got a funny story about that actually. Um, during COVID, we were having a Bible study in the back of my uh, home, in the back in the backyard, um, an outdoor Bible study, and uh, we were recruiting people to come to it, and and so, trying to do some evangelistic work to get some other people not in the church there. And so my wife found these two people on Facebook and invited them, and they they came, and they ended up being. Mormon missionaries, you know, 18 <laughs> year olds, uh, 18 year old, I think, and a 19 year old Mormon missionary. And it was really curious. They're able to use when they're praying and when they're talking, they're using, they're praying to the Father by the, the by the name, in the name of Jesus. They um, talk about redemption. So the language is very similar. And so we went a few Bible studies like this. And then it was our final Bible study. And I was like, okay, we've got to, some depress this a little bit. It's time to press this yeah. while we still have time with these two young men, great young men. And uh, and so I asked them, what is the father like? What's the father like? And they said, oh, yeah, the father has a body like we do. So at that moment, wow, you understand, wow, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what we mean by father, God the father, and what they mean by God the father is completely different, right? God the father... Yeah does not have a body. God has a body only through, and we're going to talk about this soon, only because of the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity, the Logos, him taking on human flesh. But the divine essence, the being of God does not have a body. He's spirit, as Jesus says. God is spirit, and those who worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. I think actually that's this Sunday's, this next Sunday's uh, gospel reading. Um, so, Yeah. Really, it was it was a it was kind of um I mean I've always read about Mormonism but it's another thing to actually talk to a Mormon and hear that um hear that firsthand. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time since I've had visits from Mormon missionaries. Um, but when uh the the temple here locally in San Antonio was was dedicated, um before before they consecrated it, they kind of opened it to the public, so a bunch of us went to kind of see what's what's it look like and got on the mailing list. Of course, that's the way that goes and the visitation list. But yep. uh, yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't too long after those visitations were kind of cut off. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're wasting our time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, 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 a huge, that's a huge one that we've seen historically. Um, you know, what, what about, um, 
folks like in like in like in Islam or Judaism, they don't believe in the Trinity. They right. So how how how's that work kind of uh, from from those perspectives? Right. So um, I can speak more to Islam because I've done a little bit more study in that direction. Um, but in Islam, they have a doctrine called Taweed. And so it's a very strict idea of God's oneness. So he's a monadic mm -hmm. God. And the, the Quran very clearly says that God does not have a son. God Even though Jesus is an important prophet to Islam, um, you know, Isa in, in Arabic, mm -hmm. he is not divine. And, and there's, a, there's evidence that, um, the, that, that Muhammad didn't really understand what Christians were saying or that he ran into some sort of Christian heresy. It's, he yeah. seems to think that the Trinity is the father, Mary, and the son, and that there was some sort of sexual relationship. And that is not what we're talking about when we're talking no. about Jesus being the son of God. Um, and so he, 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 there's evidence to suggest that he didn't really even know what we're talking about when we talk about the Trinity. But the, the, the way that they teach it now is Taweed, that, that it is blasphemy to confess that God is Trinity, that there's any sort of threeness there's only God is only ever one. And that's pretty much the same in Judaism. It's um uh Echad Veyahid, uh, you know, one and one. <laughs> right. You know, basically in the uh in, in my mom Maimonides uh, 13 articles that uh um are are recited by um by by most Orthodox Jews in their liturgy every day. And right. so um yeah at best some groups of Judaism would see um, would see um Jesus as a human Messiah for the Gentiles, um, at best. Right. But, uh, but, but yeah, the, the, the Talmud in particular is pretty hostile to, to Jesus. It, it, and it's, it's important to distinguish here between rabbinical Judaism as it exists today, which what you're saying is completely true. Right. And Judaism as it existed in the past. Um, like there's many different kinds right. of Christianity today in the, in the time of Christ, there are many Judaisms. Right, most of which disappeared. Right, and so exactly. that's not, and and that's a big confusion. We don't, don't, don't just assume because modern day rabbinic Judaism believes something, that's what the apostles believed, that's what Moses believed, etc. But there was there was a lot of Jews in the days of Jesus that believed that God had some sort of plurality, um, that that He had a son. That was a actually a very common belief, and uh, you can you can read about that. But so so the so there was a lot of precursors there was um to this and if you read the old testament closely you do you do see a duality in yahweh sure. um if you read it really closely you can see that um, yeah, those those hints of multiplicity are all over the place all over the place and and this this was recognized by the, the jewish people so the so it used or at to least be some <laughs> yeah, yeah at least some some, yeah. some factions yeah so it used to be taught that the Trinity was some sort of um, Greek pagan idea superimposed upon the Hebrew of scriptures, but that we know now that that's not the case. Right, right. Yeah, and there's there's some there the the Second Temple literature in particular is pretty fascinating, seeing the um, the differing opinions in those days, um, as opposed to a much more monolithic approach. Um, right. You know, in in a Kind of post medieval rabbinic rabbinic circles. Yeah, and they the rabbinical the the rabbinic the Judaism that exists today, right? That is really uh, the Judaism of the Pharisees. 
Um, that, yes, that's yes. what continues. They're the, yeah, the, the spiritual descendants of, of, of Pharisees. Yeah. Um, so the, the, they explicitly denounce, they call it the two powers or two powers in heaven theology. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm referring to um, with this other theology that existed that recognized um, a multiplicity. And actually, there's a, in Kabbalah, my understanding is that they do believe in some sort of ten, tenfoldness um, to God, at least as he reveals himself in the yeah it's it's a it's a little it, it probably is more akin the my understanding of the of, of the kabbalah kabbalah's approach is more akin to how hindus see um the various gods as as all part of the same brahman mm-hmm. you know it's 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 more in that kind of esoteric approach um at least, at least according again according to some some kabbalah studiers that i have i've run across um hints you know, it's it's the kind of thing that apologetically there may be some common ground, um, but it's not quite the same thing as what we believe in the church. Right, that's true. There's some similarities, but there's some big differences as well. Yeah, that's but it's a, it, yeah, these types of things can be a good, you know, so similar to Islam's reverence for Jesus as a prophet. It's a good starting place apologetically, but but you have to go beyond that eventually. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, I think Justin Martyr, he says, all truth is God's truth. So we can find that truth, highlight it, but then usher people into the full revelation of truth in Jesus. Yeah. To bring us to our next question. Although, I, yeah, I think that's a... Unless we want to talk about oneness Pentecostals real quick before we get, before we go on. Um, I mean, if, if, yeah, let, let's very briefly. <laughs> let's do it real... So, ba- so what, what basically are oneness Pentecostals saying that is... Um, that's wrong. They're, they're, so basically, they believe that the name of God, period, is Jesus. So the Father is Jesus, the Son is Jesus, Holy Spirit is Jesus, and you just see different operations within this one person slash being Jesus mm-hmm. um, in terms of roles and operations. Um, and it, it, again, it's, it's that analogy that that, that you that Kurt had with, um, okay, I'm 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 a father to my children, I'm a son to my father. I'm a teacher to my students. Right. Um, yeah, I'm a pastor to my my congregation. That that's the kind of thing that one is Pentecostals uh, do, right? And the uh, early church father, I can't remember which one, uh, Athanasius or one of those guys, um, basically made the argument: eternal Father, eternal Son. Yeah, and and so the orthodox view is that there's always been a father and a son and the holy spirit for all eternity that's right that's right and um and that is what's denied and again this is a paradox um it is something that's beyond our human ability to completely understand and so uh but we're it's not a contradiction because we are not saying that god is one in the same way that he's three Right, right. The same way that he's one. We're saying he's one in this way of being, um, or usia in Greek, and he's three in this way of persons or hypostasis um, in Greek. And so it's it's a, a paradox, but it is not a contradiction. That's right. Well, number thirty-seven, um, we might we we uh, we might know a little bit more if we uh, look at what is the character of God? So what does Holy Scripture tell us about the character of God? God is both loving and holy. God mercifully redeems fallen creation. 
while righteously opposing all sin and evil, the Lord Jesus Christ is the fullest revelation of God's holy love. All right. Inter it's interesting that they pick holiness and love um, as really the two aspects of God's character that they're bringing out. And uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I think that holiness relates to God's transcendence, right? His, his otherness yeah. is not like us. He is far above us. He is other. Whereas God's love speaks more to his imminence, that, yeah. he, that, he, that he's with us, that he's, he's in us, that he created us, that every moment of uh, he sustains us and that he, that he redeemed us and redeems us. Um, so I think that that's what they're working off of here with this this holiness and also um, emphasizing his love. Yeah, yeah, that that that, uh, that that sounds. I think that sounds about right. Um, you know, interestingly, you don't you don't find that kind of being the the main thing emphasized like in the thirty nine articles, but it's it's there. It's just kind of um, teased out in in in. Pro probably in, in, in greater, uh, uh, more detail. So, you know, they, they speak of uh, his infinite wisdom, power, and goodness. Um, but, uh, but really, you know, that, that power and that goodness um, can be summarized by, by holiness, the, you know, the, the wisdom by that holiness. Um, his love is a testament to his goodness as well. So yeah, it, it all, it all, those are, those are int an interesting two set of two words to choose yes because there's a lot of other things we could say about the character of god it's right kind of like, <laughs> i mean god is to use a metaphor god is pure light but if you if you put light through a prism it refracts into a rainbow of colors and in the same way um we we through our experience of god can can talk about his justice and his mercy his holiness and his love etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but we're all re we're really talking about the same thing we're talking about who is god it's all, all of that is, is one in God who's, who's pure light. And so there's no, there's no contradiction between his holiness. There's no contradiction mysteriously between him being other and high and lifted up and him being imminent, like closer to us than we are to ourselves. In fact, those things are completely actually the same. Um, it's just that we experience God differently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it makes me think of, uh, the beginning of Exodus, which I just read in, in morning prayer, where, where Moses has his encounter with Yahweh and there's this otherness or this, yeah. this, this, um, this bush that's burning, but not burning. He has to take off his sandals. He's, a, he's, a, he's afraid. There's this, there's this otherness to this encounter with God. And, um, but then also, what is God's message? He says, I'm with you, and I will be with you, and I'm, I'm here because I've heard my people cry out to me, and I've come to save them. I am um, yeah. is my name. And, and so you see this, this holiness and this love. And I think we can, we can run into problems if we overemphasize one and forget the other. You know, If we're always talking about holiness and, and sort of God's power, then we can sort of see him as tyran tyrannical. Whereas he's always using his power um, for the good of others, um, for the good of his creation, for the good of us. Um, so, but if we're only emphasizing love, the imminence of God, and we forget his holiness, then we kind of get this buddy Jesus 
that is like a super <laughs> super enabler of all of our sins, <laughs> which is not who God is, right? God, and a true encounter with God changes a man or woman and um, re requires repentance and um, and is a fearful thing and, and rightly so. Um, so yeah, I, th I, I like, I, I like this emphasis. Yeah. And, and I, and I very much appreciate the, um, that last sentence, the Lord Jesus Christ is the fullest revelation of God's holy love. Mm. Um, you know, in, in the most concrete of terms, we, we, we look at Jesus to show us most of what we know about, about God. Oh, absolutely. It reminded me of, let me see if I can bring it up here. Um, Hebrews chapter one, verse three, the author of uh, the, the book of Hebrews says, quote, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Mm. I love that. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So there's this mystery that through the body of Jesus, we actually have access um, knowledge of the being of God, the invisible um, eternal God has been revealed into the material world to our senses through, yeah, yeah. through Jesus. Like it's, it's, that's, and in fact, I would want to say even a little bit more than they say here, they say the Lord Jesus Christ is the fullest revelation of God's holy love. And I want to add the word, the fullest possible revelation. Of oh, God. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. There, there is no, there's no revelation that's coming in the future that's greater than the revelation available to us in Jesus Christ, crucified, resurrected, ascended, coming again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm ready to preach this now. That's right. <laughs> and that, that's probably a good place to, to end for the day. And on that high note, um, yeah, look, look to Jesus and, 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 that's how you know God. Amen. Look to Jesus. See y'all next week. Thank you for joining us for Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a comment below. You can also take Anglican Catechesis with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. You can find the link in the YouTube description. Lord willing, we look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit.